The Goodman Theater's fantastic production of Lynn Nottage's play Clyde's has been extended through this weekend, October 16th, 2022. It's a wonderfully powerful comedy about the pursuit of the perfect sandwich by the formerly incarcerated kitchen staff of a truck stop cafe. Directed by Kate Wariski, the production features performances of sort of heightened naturalism from its astonishing cast and a bold lighting design from Tony, Drama Desk, Obi, and Jeff award-winning designer Christopher Ackerland. Chris and I worked together back in the 80s and early 90s, so I'm thrilled to get to talk to him about his work on Lynn Nottage's Clyde's at the Goodman Theater. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, now in its 16th year, number 827, Lighting the Comedy. I was excited to talk to you and catch up with you for many reasons, but but not the least of which I've so loved your work, but I've never seen your work or indeed anybody's lighting design add so much to the comedy mm-hmm. of a show and literally designing not only the space, but the rhythms and the laughs. And yeah. was that unique for you as well? Um yeah, generally speaking, because, you know, I think I think it's good lighting designer philosophy to kind of stay out of the way to allow something to happen rather than be in sync with with something. And that's a kind of philosophy I like to think I I practice generally. But. Um, but, you know, I think I think that the 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 dramatic notion was that if you know, if we didn't have those kind of interesting visual. Um, you know, style changes. In the, in, the, in the kind of the zone of the magic of the, you know, the kind of Buddhist zone of making the sandwiches as a way of coming together as a community, that it would have been pretty dry. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it might still have worked, but I, but I think that, that Kate and all of us decided early on, and Lynn was, loved it too, um, that, that, that Montrose had to have the power to change the room. Yeah. As well as the society. And uh and that, um, and that they were all beneficiaries of it, and that even Clyde gets caught in it once or t- <laughs> once or twice, but it's so kind of thick about these things she doesn't notice, right? In a in a in a way, um, yeah. So so we we kind of built that we knew I think with the I I we did this first at the Guthrie way before the pandemic. It was like 2018 or something. Um, and uh, I think we knew then that we needed that it needed to have some visual humor, um, and so each with each successive um, um, uh, go round, um, we there <laughs> there have been there have been opportunities to you know add more. But I th- we basically have a good equilibrium um, because because the story is tough too. All those stories, those characters, are fantastic characters. And and we didn't want to muck around with with the grittiness of those stories, um, but so it, but but and, but and then there was obviously this motif of when Montrellus was in his Zen sandwich making mode that the world could change a little bit. Um, well, and it was lovely. It both it both um, it both celebrated what he the, the power he had to change the room and allowed the audience informed the audience to know that we could laugh at the absurdity of it 
yeah. as well. I mean, so much, as you say, the characters are in such dire straits. And the things that I say, I think, as just as words on the page, could be really intense and angry and uh, and in a different production, completely different. Yeah. But the tone of this production, Kate's direction, the script, all the actors, your lighting, all the designs is just so wonderful and life affirming in a in a in a space where it seems like it could be very, very depressing. Yeah. 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 And there is, you know, there's there, there it's it is an interesting question, an interesting thought experiment to give the play to somebody and ask them not to stylize the moments and see what the outcome. Uh, would be because because it's it's it is intense and yet and yet Lynn is very funny. <laughs> there are a lot of there are a lot of good jokes, you know, without the stylization. Um, she so she's been brilliant at, you know, building a balance of something that is intense and affecting with something that's also <laughs> really amusing. <laughs> well, and is that a thing that you talk about in conversations in different uh, productions, where like the difference between. Uh, a, a completely naturalistic production of Clyde's, for instance, like you're talking about, or something that is more stylized and dialed up. Is that is that one of the very early conversations you'll have with a director? Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, for sure. And then sometimes the early conversations, well, first of all, some early early conversations with directors don't advance anything. You, you know, the, nothing really happens from a conceptual standpoint. And yet then there are early conversations where you might touch on an idea like this, but then there are early conversations where you might miss the opportunity to discuss an idea like this, but then in the making, it becomes obvious in the process right. of staging it in the rehearsal hall. Um, you know, the designers all get to see it once, maybe twice in the rehearsal hall, and then you've got to kind of put it together. And we all, particularly Justin and Kate and I, um, and me, um, and I, and I, and I, and me, and I, okay, sorry, shades of my mother breathing down my neck. <laughs> um, um, uh, um, you know, we're, we're all improvisers. You, you know, I very rarely like to go into tech for a show thinking that I know everything that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so much surprise and possibility in 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 theater making in in tech in the theater when you've got everybody together um i've just seen some outrageous things happen to a production that nobody might have imagined could happen before you're actually there and making it so i i tend to want to express an idea and a, re, a prelim idea but i also keep myself very open to the the notion and the possibility of in, improvisation i i was a when i was a kid i was a jazz musician and uh and I, pl I played all the woodwinds, particularly the tenor sax. And, you know, that was all improvisation. And I think some of that carried with me um, into my process as a lighting designer, the need to kind of riff, you know, there's the structure of an idea and then you riff on it. Yeah. So you don't lose track of the structure, um, but you you just create a kind of, you know, maybe cubist way is, is jazz cubist. I don't know, but like a cubist way of, of, of reflecting back on it and therefore making it more interesting. Well, and you're finding the rhythm of the piece as the actors are finding the rhythm of, of Lynn's language. Yeah. And then the, and then there's the rhythm of what the audience response. And are you able to in previews kind of go, ooh, we can goose that response, or I can I can delay their response if I do this? Yeah, yeah. We we're working on time that kind of timing all the all the time. And yet, and yet, and yet one is confounded by the fact that all audiences react differently. 
Yeah. Right. So you can make it rhythmic adjustment from one night to the next. And then and then uh, the, the same react response isn't there. You've lost it somehow or whatever. And so you keep going back and forth and trying to find a nice, happy uh, equilibrium of of how you coax laughter out of an audience. And it's not easy these days. Um, we're so serious. <laughs> We are. Well, and it's one of the joys of 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 the production of Clyde's um, is that it it is a reward for returning to the theater again after a yeah. pandemic because mm -hmm. it is delightful and life affirming despite what's happening to these characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm glad you liked it because it, we're, we're doing it one more time at the taper in a month. It opens just before uh, Thanksgiving. And that's an interesting problem insofar as we've got to squeeze what has always been a proscenium visual approach mm. into that big wide semicircular thrust right. with with incredibly terrible sight lines you know hugging the wall at the at the at the at the end of the the um the semicircle so um we're essentially trying to mimic what we did but 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 getting light in which has always been a um uh, a, you know a tricky thing um you know, pe pe people ask me about that project. And in fact, the, the play that I just did, the scene with Cranes, the Solis play, um, they both had ceilings at my suggestion. And, you know, you, the lighting designer suggests that and you think, well, they've lost their mind. You know, <laughs> or my students came down to see it. And so what you asked for the, you know, and I said, well, look at what it did. It changed the way light behaves for the story. And, um, and, and it turned into something unique that if there was no ceiling would have, probably lent itself to a, a somewhat more generic approach. So these architectural ideas, as they relate to what you're, what you're producing, um, they change the, the, the light as well. And, and very early on, I say, you know, I think we need, I think we need, there's so much interesting tension that we need a lid to keep the energy, um, uh, ener ener energy in. It's a, there, there are two cliches for lighting designers. One is that you can't light, that if you have a ceiling, you can't make light. And that, and that if it's a white set, you're never gonna make light either. And that's all baloney, you know, right. because all you need is an imagination and the engineering wherewithal to figure out how to make it happen. And you can, you can do anything, so. But a challenge like that for me, just architecturally and geometrically, really fun. Clyde's really fun. How do you get light into that up left corner by the exit sign? You you know when you're actually coming almost straight in from the uh, uh, from the from the front of the house. Um, and, well, and how do you go from that massive uh, uh, wide space, uh, theatrical space, the theatricality of everything that's going on in that room, and Iris in on this sandwich? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, these limitations limitations are good. Limitations can be good oh, things, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. That's my mantra with my students is that look for the obstacles and insist on obstacles because they 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 they'll 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 change your feeling about the work. And you know, for those who aren't predisposed to like the idea of change, they don't they don't they don't get that. But 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 if you've if you've ever run into, you know, as designers, I'm always throwing them projects that have obstacles and or you know, become in, in a theoretical project. I become the director per se, you know, and I use productions from the past, uh, but I become the director and half the way through the process, I say, okay, now there's a ceiling, you know, so take all your accumulated ideas, conceptual dramaturgical ideas and uh, find a different way to get them in the space. <laughs> Too bad, <laughs> it's an obstacle. <laughs> 
Well, it's, the, what, it's what creates muscles. It's what creates design muscle is, is the experience of bouncing off an obstacle. Hi, this is Octavius Solis, longtime Bay Area playwright, and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? We'll be playing Hamlet's Big Adventure, a prequel at the Wharton Center in East Lansing, Michigan, on November 9th and 10th. For our performances in early 2023, check out the touring page at our website, ReducedShakespeare.com, or our Twitter feed, at Reduced, for the latest information. Now back to my conversation with lighting designer Christopher Ackerland. Chris and I met when we were both at Boston University, and I was able to hire him to design my first main stage production at my old Summerstock Theater in New Hampshire, not long before he went off to grad school at the Yale School of Drama and started working with Lloyd Richards on the first productions of August Wilson's plays. When he's not designing around the country, Chris now teaches design at CalArts in Southern California, and that's what we started talking about next. You've worked in so many different venues and so many different kinds of commercial and nonprofit and student environments. Do you do you have a, a preference? Are they all just brand new challenges? I know anything that keeps the wheels turning, I like. Yeah. Um, uh, and the commercial stuff I've done has tended to, I mean, some of it's been frosting on the cake but but uh, but most of the commercial stuff I've done has maintained a kind of uh, um, an integrity you know theatrically I, 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 I think but you know I've made I've made the line share of my work in the not-for-profit uh, opera and uh, theater and um, right. I like that I even like the idea that that you know budget is an obstacle Right again, you can have all the blue sky ideas that you you want, and at the end of the day, you've got to you've got to fit it inside the 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 um the budget and um and those sorts of things. You know, with the students at Cal Arts who are actually producing, they do run into that. Um, but um, but I tend I like the uh, the integrity of the regional theater system, the non well, I should and and it's like the not commercial theater system. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of integrity there because because the you, you know it's just driven by pure joy of producing theater not can i make a buck right um yeah and i i have to i gravitate towards those sort of folks well and a million years ago we did summer stock together um yeah in yeah. southern new hampshire oh, right in uh in um it was um the play about the prof- uh rita um educating rita Educating, 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 Rita. That's right. Funny. Yeah. And then I still have the photographs of, of you playing Claudius in Jacques' production of Hamlet. That's right. That right was Rick, Rick Sear and um, Regan Ray. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm in touch with her once in a while. Oh, fantastic. Um, yeah. That was a that was a that was a fun group, and that was a that that might have been my turn into Shakespeare. That oh, fantastic. Yeah. That opportunity as an undergrad. Oh, yeah. To sink your teeth into that play. Yeah. Um, and Jacques was great. He was a great mentor. And then we had that great faculty all around us, too. But um, I, I, that was one of the best moments of my life. When you're and tackling got, that literature, your mind has to go to a different place. Talk about limitations. It, 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 I mean, it's, it, or, or, or is Shakespeare the opposite of a limitation? Because it pushes you 
in directions you maybe wouldn't go. I think there's something to that. There's so much space in it um, for character idea, architectural idea, spatial time ideas, stylistic ideas. It, it's like a playground, Shakespeare is. I, I love it. I'm happy that, so happy that I think really about a fifth of everything I've done has been Shakespeare. And of course, of course, those opportunities are dwindling because nobody's doing it anymore. It's so sad. Even I have to get most of my Shakespeare jollies out of doing reduced Shakespeare. Uh-huh, uh-huh, right, right. I'm just thrilled that we got a chance to catch up. It's great to. Yeah, I, I mean, I yeah. love I love reading reports of your uh, successes and seeing your faces on award shows. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. I mean, it's been a long thirty-two. What we've been out of, out of I've been out of grad school for thirty-two years. For going on thirty-three, it's uh, and it went by you know like boom like that. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, except for one more thing, which I'll share with you in about 60 seconds, so stick around. I really recommend the Goodman Theater production of Clyde's, which closes this Sunday, October 16, 2022. Go to goodmantheater.org for more information and see it if you can. Then send us your perfect sandwich via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com or throw a comment to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram or on our own actual website, reducedshakespeare.com or visit my website, theshakespeareans.com. Thanks, as always, to sous chef Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and GarageBand. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Kendra Greathouse. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to playwright Octavio Solis. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. Please continue to stay safe, get your boosters, and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Tishner, 827-2481sts of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. But what a life we live, making theater. I mean, is there anything better? I can't, I can't, I can't imagine what it might be. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.